Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is Noor Kid Why. How you doing, everybody? My guest this week is my man, Jesse Singh. Jesse's a really awesome dude. He's a comedian. He's also a social worker. And uh, this episode, it gets deeper and deeper the longer you listen. It's awesome. We talk a lot about uh, mental health, society, inequality, opportunity. And uh, then we do a little deep dive into meditation at the end. I know you guys love that. So, uh, yeah, it was a great, uh, great, great conversation. And I hope you guys love it. And uh, yeah, please guys, subscribe, like the podcast, and uh, give it a good rating. That shit always helps, you know that. Uh, Check me out on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff, uh, at NewerKidY. Give your boy a follow. I'll be throwing up some comedy as well, so you can check out that stuff. And uh, hopefully once this pandemic is... uh, done or i don't even know what's happening anymore but uh comedy's slowly trickling back in and uh, i can't wait to start doing some more shows and hopefully you can come out and see me live but let's get into this podcast everybody this week my guest jesse singh hello everybody welcome to another episode of god yay or nay I'm here with my man Jesse Singh, a comedian and he also works at a youth shelter uh Jesse how you doing my man Good, bro. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's hey, dope. Hey, yeah, it is dope. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Uh, you're a great comedian, buddy, and like, uh, I've always had a great time uh, watching you on stage. And yeah, like, I actually the one thing I've, I've never like uh, known you that much until the last year, and I started seeing you doing jokes about uh, working at a shelter and stuff, and you do some like very honest material. I like, I love it. And like, the thing is, you can sometimes I've seen you. Uh, say some real honest stuff about working at a shelter which like sometimes turns the crowd like off a little bit but like you're saying it honestly and that's something i really do respect can can you give my audience like a little background of like um like where you're from how you got into comedy and like uh got into your work with the shelter yeah currently um i'm i live in bond i guess is that what you're asking like kind of <laughs> yeah 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 bond <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, like, I live in Vaughan now. Originally, I was from, I was actually from Toronto. Um, the expo, okay, the reason why I got into comedy is, like, the thing is, when people ask me this, it's such a fucking drawn-out answer, but I would say, like, one of the, the main focal points was just, I knew as a kid I loved watching it. Like, I grew up watching it, like, you know, like everyone says. And then um, I always had moments where i would kind of see myself on stage like you know what i mean like i would see myself doing that as a kid and um because of i would say like even family dynamics which i guess like we could talk about a little bit later on like comedy in itself almost became like a defense mechanism for me like it was a way to kind of go through life you know what i mean and like i was always that kid who was kind of shy and introverted but i was also like the class clown a lot of the time. And, um, you know, I think that was one way to, for me to actually form relationships with people, but also create a, an identity for myself, you know? And I think that's when I first realized, like, that's like looking back at it, I can see why um, comedy and even humor and like entertaining other people played such a fucking huge role in my life. Cause that's like, that actually created who I was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, and then the first time I ever touched the stage, I was actually like sixteen or seventeen, and it was it was that it was that absolute comedy in Toronto, and that was my first set ever. And I remember like my friends and shit coming out, and I did well. And that kind of like like to, to honestly to anyone starting out, I don't think that's the best place to do your first set because like the crowd's already on your side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I it's them, a hot crowd. Yeah, like I remember them bringing me up, and they're like, "Oh, it's this kid's first time," and everyone was just like already on my side. Like, you know, like I could do no wrong, unless of course I said something really fucking outlandish. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I got up there, I did my thing, it went well, and I kind of like 
it got to my head a little bit because I'm like, yo, I can, I'm actually, I was born for this shit. And then I just ate shit for like the next fucking six to eight months yeah. on stage. But yeah, man, I think that's where it started. And like, you know, I guess the rest is history. This is kind of where I am now. And then uh, how did you get into working with the shelter and stuff? That was, oh, shit. Uh, how did I actually, like, I guess a lot of that came from trying to, trying to figure out how to, like, almost, and I want to say fix, but, like, that stemmed from me wanting to learn more about, like, how to deal with my own problems or, like, how to deal with, like, shit that was going on in home and, like, even my own personal relationships because I actually started out going um, to school to York for psychology. So I was actually looking into that at first, mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't, like, huge in it. Like, I didn't really... Like, I didn't really have that, like, motivation. Um, I, like, I loved learning about it, but it was all, I just found a lot of that shit to be black and white. You know what I mean? Like, everything was kind of, like, at face value. Like, if if this is what happened in your childhood, then this is what's going to happen when you're older. Or, like, if if um if you exhibit these signs, then this is what you have. Like, it was yeah. very much so, like, you know, like, this is a label on you rather than, like, looking at behaviors and seeing how you can change it. Do you know what I mean? Like, the world is more the world's more complex than that is what you're kind of saying, eh? 100%. And that's how I kind of saw it. And it was like, it was very much so fixated on this physical level, you know, that I guess like, and, and I'm not knocking it by any means. I think it's a beautiful um, aspect and it's definitely needed, but like that, it just didn't resonate with me. And then I remember my friend talking about the social work pro program and some of the shit that he was doing in it. And I like, I, that's kind of what intrigued me a lot more. So then I, I, I went into college. I started doing that. And then I knew when I was in high school, even, there was a point in time where I was actually looking into volunteering at shelters. But I just didn't know how to get started. And just because, like, I just had this fucking sudden urge all of a sudden where I was like, you know, maybe, like, I'm going to I'm going on a, off a little a lot of tangents here. But, like, this is kind of, like, where it stemmed from was just, like, me being that person that, you know, um, I felt like my friends were always come to because I was always a good listener, you know, and 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 then after when my friend told me about that program and I went into it, there was also a part where we had to do like co-op placements and volunteer for actual school. And I volunteered with the organization that I'm in now and I ended up getting a job after um, with the same place and I've been with them ever since. So I think a lot of it came from me learning how to cope with myself on a day-to-day -day basis, learning how to deal with a lot of the, like, you know, like maneuvering my family environment and seeing how that affected me from my childhood to who I am now. And also just coming from a place of like, like understanding that it was never about, it was never about me wanting to help people or me looking at someone and pitying their situation. It was, it was, it was, it was coming from a place where like, I just felt as though if everyone had an equal start, that like we could be in a much better position. So I think with that understanding and that, that I guess, yeah, that love to want to be a catalyst for that change is what kind of pushed me into this direction. Hey, man, I, I can appreciate that. That's like a lot more righteous than... Um a lot of other uh, ways to do it. My bad. I, I'm just saying, I know it was like a fucking long answer. I was just trying to get no, my words man. together. No, no, I, I, I like that kind of answer because um, yeah. you're. I want you to examine that and like kind of tell an answer like that because like that's what this podcast is about is like actually trying to get down deep into like uh, what, what actually Still made you do this. So that's what transforms us is when you find these like inner like inner actual uh, motivations and desires and stuff tell our followers and stuff uh, what uh, what you do like with the shelter like what kind of work you do and uh, what kind of shelter is it and all that stuff yeah so it's a it's a youth shelter um I say youth but it's not like some of these guys are actually fucking older than me because you know what I mean <laughs> you can access it from like as young as like um, 16 to as old as uh, 27 okay that's like kind of that's kind of the connect, like that's kind of the shelter portion of it. The drop-in center is different, but basically, it it houses like um, fourteen people and like fourteen youth, I would say. And you're and essentially, it's for it's for young people who are 
at risk of homelessness, dealing with addictions or mental health um, challenges that they're facing. And uh, there's also like counseling services that are offered and like um, alternatives to schooling. Cause like sometimes like it's difficult for someone who's, for a young person who's dealing with a lot of mental health challenges as well as not having a safe family environment to go home to or not even having a home in general to still get an education. So because of that, there's also like alternative education to which they can get from the same facility. So they can complete their high school all online or like get extra support if they need. Um, they can grab, you know, free meals uh, if they're like looking for something to eat and things like that. So like, it's kind of like a one-stop shop for all of those services. Yeah. So for counseling, education, food, things like that. Okay, that uh, seems uh, like a nice thing to do. Uh, so can I uh, ask you then, like, when you've been um, doing this for, like, a few years now, can you, like, uh, like I bet, like, dealing with, like, a lot of people and these, like, a lot of kids and, like, young people and these, like, hard uh, parts of their life, like, I, I bet you would need, like, a lot of skills to, like, actually develop to, like, uh, learn to, like, deal with these kind of guys and stuff. So, like, can you give us, like, a little bit of an uh, idea of, like, what kind of skills you've learned over your time being there? Yeah, man. I think um one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn and, like, sometimes I even have to revisit now even is just, like, remembering to, like, separate, like, separate what I do there from, from my personal life as well. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, um, it can be very easy to get caught up to a point where like you, you almost want to, you almost want to throw yourself into, into it because you're like, yo, like this is before, before you're a client or just like, um, a kid off the street to me, you're another human being. Right. And because you're in this position of that, you want to support and help someone. It's very easy to like lose yourself in that. And then forget to take care of yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, so I, I think, yeah, well, I think one of the major aspects is remembering that, like, recognizing that, like, the situation that they're in is not your fault. And obviously, I know it's very easy to say that. Like, obviously, like, people are like, yeah, it's not your fucking fault. But the thing is, like, when you become a support system for someone who hasn't had any of that in their life, it's very easy for that person to become attached and become dependent on you. But then you have to realize like, yo, I'm not your actual parent. And there's going to be a point in time where I'm not going to be there. So it's like, how do I get you to a point where you understand that you can support yourself and I can be that. But like, we have to check ourselves on that. So I think me recognizing that, like, I can't be a fucking, you know, I can't be there on a day-to-day -day basis and I can't su support you through your whole life and realizing how I can be that support system to make you efficient to navigate the world independently and empower you rather than make you dependent on me is what I had to learn. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of us will self-sacrifice and a lot of us do things out of good intentions, but then you also have to realize like, yo, am I just enabling this person and am I restricting them from their own growth? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a great point. It's almost like the yeah. you're over mothering them. That's like kind of like uh, I think uh, when you're talking about uh, different um, story allegories, like that's how they would say it. It's like the over mother person who would like nurture too hard. But like it's true. You gotta like uh, one thing you're trying to do at a shelter is make these um, people who come in like you want to make them independent and have a chance to have their own life, right? So, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I was going to say the other piece, too, was, like, I never really had um, a huge issue with this, but I, I can see why this would be, like, definitely a problem, is that learning to be patient and that whatever anger or frustration that someone else is portraying has nothing to do with you. Because, like, there's been bare times where I've been told to fuck off and, you know, several times in the day or, like, you know, been, um, yeah, like, just, like, if someone's talking shit to you like you, there has to be a point in time where you realize like oh, okay you know what like it has nothing to do with me they're just having a bad day yeah um and not to say that you just fucking sit there and take it but there's like you just got to be patient too like you can't just react and be like yo what the fuck did you say to me like you know what i mean yeah man. So, you got to uh 
I was actually that was actually kind of what I was I wanted to talk about because like especially knowing like uh, young men like it, it doesn't matter like young men who are in a privileged position like they're angry too like so I can only imagine like uh, people who have to end up going through the shelter system like they must have a ton of anger and then you have to come up with ways to deal with it or ways to test that patience right. For sure. To be honest, man, it's not even, sometimes it's not even the dudes that is the problem. Sometimes it's mostly the girls because they can fucking get like, (laughs) like dudes are like, because we're like, guys are like, when they get mad, they just say their most regular shit, right? Like, it'll suck my dick or whatever, whatever. But (laughs) girl will fucking like know how to hit you where it hurts. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) They know how to like hone in on like your weaknesses, eh? Yeah, bro. Like, it happens all the time in fucking arguments. Like, you'll be arguing about, like, why you didn't do the dishes or take out the trash. And all of a sudden, she's like, oh, you have a small dick. And it's like, that was never a fucking problem before. You know what I mean? <laughs> all of a sudden, it's an issue now. <laughs> all right. So I get it. You got to learn some patience in that shit. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, all right. So... Like, just, like, with, like, how the times are going right now. So, like, uh, we have all these protests going all over the world, and a lot of it has to do with, like, police brutality. But, like, I think if you get down to it, like, a lot of this has to do with inequality. And I really do, like, one thing I really do worry about in our society is, like, we have, like, there's a ton of young people in our society who have just been given no chance like, they don't have any opportunities given to them. They don't have, like, opportunities to, like, thrive or, like, um, get better when people are sick or addicted or dealing with mental health. Um, like, you're in the system. You're working in the system. So I just wanted to know, like, uh, what do you think, uh, like, what do you think, how good our system's doing right now? And, like, what, what are the resources that are available to people, especially young people in, the, in these situations? Okay, uh, before I like, I want to say before I jump into that piece about like, how do we kind of, um, like, how do we kind of allocate resources in terms of that? I think first and foremost, the one thing that you brought up, um, you know, which I think is very key is the idea of like that inequality that exists, you know, and I think a huge part of that comes from this belief that we have where we divide each other. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? Like we kind of put this divide on um, every other person, not just based off of like race, which is also a huge fucking issue right now, but just based off of things that are external and not about who the person actually is. So like when you and, and that comes from that whole idea of capitalism, but also like us glorifying people in certain positions in um in like a social status type of way. So like in terms of basing someone basing someone's worth off of their profession, off of their um, uh, racial background or whatever the case is, or just like what position they hold in society is how much we feel respect they deserve. Mm -hmm. So I think first and foremost, we have to change that belief system within ourselves of dividing people based off of that. Do you know what I mean? Because even like, like I listen to a lot of interviews and people talking about this stuff too, about like when we look at fucking, um, celebrities even right they're idolized and we see them as like someone or something that's above us do you understand what i'm saying and like to realize that yo this is just someone that makes music or this is just someone that's in the eye of the public but by no means does their worth have any have any more or less than you do but like because that's so ingrained in us when we see people who are living on the streets or um who are facing even mental health, the reason why it's so stigmatized is because of that sole reason, I believe, is because we put that divide on each other. Okay, that's, uh, yeah, that's an interesting perspective. So you think, like, I agree with, like, what you were saying about how we um, we do, like, uh, idolize, like, uh, people based on their, like, we give their worth to, like, their job or um, yeah. their st- social status, all that, their fame, and... I felt that myself and I've seen how that causes myself mental health issues. Like, like honestly, I think what most of us can kind of see, especially like, uh, going on like social media and like, um, sometimes like 
when it's just like you're looking at other people's lives. So I, I like, yeah, so I can understand that when you're saying you're looking at people with mental health um, issues, you're kind of saying like that kind of like adds to that stigma of us looking down on them. Yeah, I think that definitely perpetuates it um, as well. And like you just said, like it, it can actually like it can cause your mental health to just deteriorate, right? Because you're constantly uh, basing your worth off of a belief system that we've ingrained or adopted from what other people have told us. Do you see what I'm saying? Or like like you said, social media plays a huge fucking role in that from what we see as um, what we're told to believe is what is beautiful or what is right or what is correct or what is actually worth noting and then when we can't live up to that standard it it just it deteriorates our self-worth or who we are we never we don't know what we value anymore Mm. so i think first and foremost is just moving into a direction where we can kind of shift that consciousness where there's no more like you know this person is above me this person is below me or like that whole idea of creating that divide it's what skills do you have? What can you provide um, to the society that we live in and going on from that? If you're someone who makes entertainment or is an entertainer and that is your skill and that is what, you know, your natural talent or your natural gift is, then do that. Be someone who creates for society. Be someone who, um, you know, brings brings art to life. If you're someone who is naturally gifted as a tradesman, or you're able to fucking fix things, you're just good at it, then do that. But like by no means should there be this person is worth more and this person is worth less. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's like a cultural shift, right? Like that's something. Yeah. Um, that's- and uh, like I love that. Like that's actually like honestly like <laughs> a nice little dose of psychedelics can usually give you like that insight pretty quickly, right? But um, that's one of the reasons I do kind of promote psychedelic in that kind of change but like it has to occur in a much bigger broader lens and that um honestly one of the reasons i kind of want to do this podcast is like i'm kind of getting sick and tired of like all the negative shit on like just all of media and uh yeah. all of those like most of our media kind of ends up uh it like kind of ends up bringing up all these like little stigmas that you're talking about and it does it very like slightly very um subtly so like you don't really notice it um okay so let's uh move on with the second part of that question um so uh like the resources that we give to people who are in these like uh um, in these situations, let's talk about like mental health and like let's talk about giving them opportunities to come and actually succeed in this in the world and actually be a like an independent functional person. So like, what do you think? Like, uh, like are we doing okay? Um, where can we do better? Like, because I honestly like like I said, like this kind of inequality and like lack of opportunity for our youth right now. That's the shit that's like scaring the shit out of me, man. It it really is. Yeah, bro. I think um, I think there's definitely um, a huge room for improvement in terms of the fact that a lot of the resources that we do have right now available, I think a lot of them are very good at putting a Band-Aid on the situation and making it a quick fix for that one moment, but not actually going to the root and cultivating the issues that are actually causing this to continue. So I think... Um, as much as you have to focus on the individual, which I'm all for, there's also looking at the underlying factors of what is it that's perpetuating this me- like mental health to deteriorate or anxiety and depression. Why is it why is it increasing as at the rate that it is? Because it is increasing, in my opinion. I'm seeing it a lot more. You know what I mean? And um, I can even give you fucking scenarios where there's been moments where we had to like even refer some of our own youth. Um, from the shelter system out to like um, hospitals or to uh, like facilities where their specialty is mental health. But because they were able to answer the questions for a psych assessment, because they know how to fucking work the system and work their way around it, they weren't eligible. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like little shit like that. It's just that if you know what to say and get yourself out of that situation, you don't get help because you're not seen as someone who needs the actual support. As much as people may want to advocate for you, 
they can easily say, oh, well, they didn't look like they were a threat to themselves. They didn't look like they were a threat to others. And they answered appropriately. And when we asked them, do they identify as having any mental health concerns? They said no. But like, obviously, if they're refusing to get fucking support from you, there has to be a reason. It's either that the supports aren't doing anything or they know that they're just going to stay in a hospital bed for a week, get medicated, pumped with fucking pills, and then get sent out on the streets again. So that's what I mean is that, like, I think that there has to be a lot more than just... I think we put a lot of responsibility on 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 just, like, having one set uh, medical organization or a hospital to, to meet those needs. I think it has to start from, like, from um, raising awareness on mental health and also having... Um, different ways of coping with your own mental health and stress from the school system or from even education or from when we were younger. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we're, we're never taught that. Like we're never taught the idea of like, if I'm stressed out about, about an exam or something, how do I take care of myself? You know, like maybe later on they're introducing it now, but I think that's from where it stems from. Cause I think that plays a huge role in it, you know? Hell Yeah. That's like a great point, man. Like even that answer you just gave, like it just made me think in a hundred different directions because like that's like kind of the sad shit I do think of. Like I actually just lost one of my like one of my best friends growing up uh, last year and he like took his own life. And like like you were saying, like um, he had um, like he would never ask for help. Like um, and like how you were saying, if we tried to help him, if we thought we we're in that, um, he was in that like mode, he had every way to kind of talk his way out of it. So like those kind of those kind of techniques to like uh, get a person help, that's like a very I would I don't want to say stupid because I don't maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't think that's a, it's working right. It's uh yeah that shit's uh, kind of a, a little scary. But yeah, I'm like, sorry to do that though, bro. Yeah, man, like, uh, uh, yeah, hey, I'm sorry, too, like, and trust me, like, I, I've dealt with it now, and, uh, not, like, and, hey, it's always gonna be there, like, I have a ton of, like, um, like, a, it, it hit close to home, because, like, it affected me and, like, a few of my other best friends as well, who are, like, uh, kind of in the thing, and it's just, like, um, ever since that, like, it really hit home, where we just, like, we really need to, like, look at these issues and like I, I've been um like I'm uh looking at like new ways that addiction addiction mental health like how these problems are actually like like where where they come from and uh one thing I've been learning like uh a big part of it is like uh how we um like if you ever read this book it's called Lost Connections uh uh Johan Hari I think his name is I think I might be messing that author's name up, but, like, he's talking about, like, uh, how, like, a lot of our mental health comes from, like, how, like, our society promotes, like, lost connections, like, so connections with other people, like, loneliness is on, like, an all-time high, um, people, like, separated from their families, from different people, that's on an all-time high, um, we also have a ton of trauma in our society where people just get trauma from whatever ways, like, you get trauma from many different uh, ways and when you get trauma you get pain in your body like um and it's like a kind of a psycho pain that like and our mental pain you can say and like what we do when we get that pain is like we run away from it so like um one of the reasons like a lot of people who are addicted like the best way to run away from that pain is go to that addiction and that addiction provides relief a relief to that pain so it's just a self-medicating so like this is like new ways we should really be looking at um mental health and like uh like how you how are you were saying like attack the root like the root is that pain what is that pain like we need to like learn how to get to that and like uh yeah when I saw my friend like I'll tell you my one of my good friends who like who took his life last year like um he lived with me for a few years and uh he would go through months or not months, but, like, he would go through, like, some bouts of, like, uh, times where he was just spending all his time in his uh, room just playing video games for, like, 12 hours, you know? And I'm a young guy at the time, so in my head it was just like, oh, like, this guy just plays way too many video games, like, what the hell, you know? And that's, like, how I how I looked at it. 
but like now it's like i kind of see it as just like oh shit like this was like because now we even say video games is an addiction and like this was kind of a way for him to like stop feeling his pain and completely disconnect from his world and just kind of connect into another world and that's how you like you disconnect from yourself and um this society we live in like a lot of people have a disconnection from their themselves like all the time right like um and this is like i'm talking about functional people we see every day like a lot of people and that's why like um practices like meditation and like stuff like psychedelics are now starting to become mainstream is because these things actually start providing like an actual um finding of yourself a connection back to yourself and then being able to like feel yourself feel that pain you have but when you feel it actually like heal it and be able to feel and be in the moment and be like feel reality you know be into like be a fucking person like this is like why we're here right so like um yeah when you said that man like I don't know, man, like, uh, so when you, like, uh, looking at the kind of, like, your program and stuff, like, what kind of, um, like, what kind of, like, do you, do you have any ideas of what kind of changes we need to make, or, if, like, maybe, I know those are, like, that's a very tough question, but, like, I'm just saying, yeah. like, uh, or, like, just, like, kind of any insights to, like, say how we deal with this stuff, and what, like, what are, what are these, like, uh, young people and stuff that you're around, like, what do they need? Like, what do you, like, do you have, a, like, anything you can say with that? So, um, I actually want to add something on to, like, what you said earlier, and I'll get to that for sure, is that, like, I think you're absolutely right in terms of, like, the whole aspect of addiction, is that, like, people are not addicted to a substance. They're addicted to a feeling, right? And they're addicted to getting like you just said getting rid of that feeling a lot of addiction stems from having using it or utilizing whatever substance or even sometimes it's not even a substance it could be behaviors right it could be like you said video games it could be sex it could be whatever the case is it's using something outside of yourself to help cope with emotions that you don't know how to deal with and that's where a lot of that addiction stems from and i think um and anything that like has control or that amount of pull over you is an addiction so it doesn't have to be like i was saying a drug or whatever the case is it's anything that you feel that you can't stop doing even if it's like ruining other parts of your life you just can't stop doing it because you 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 can't sit and deal with the feeling or whatever emotions that you haven't dealt with um and in terms of like carrying that like that trauma within your body and all of those things, that's absolutely correct, you know? And I think a lot of that stems from what we learn as kids. Like as a kid, if you grow up in a household that's dysfunctional where you're always walking on eggshells or you're you're like always scared to like, you're, you're just scared, like, you know what I mean? Like you're just growing up in an environment that's unsafe. As a kid, it's very natural for us to, when we need to escape from anything that well, when we feel as dangerous, we're going to hide ourselves. Like, you know what I mean? We're going to go small. And the thing is, over time, as you become an adult, you'll see a lot of people, like, you know, when they say you lack confidence when you roll your shoulders, it's because of that. It's because you're constantly going, like, what you viewed as a kid in childhood is the same thing you're going to carry over into the real world. Because you think that's how people are. You think when people portray aggression or anger, that every person is going to be, like, your mom or your dad or whoever it is that you grew up with. So you, and until you like become aware of that and become conscious of it, it becomes very difficult to get rid of it. So moving on to your question about like what I think, like what I think can help with these young people is, is, is guide them in a direction where they, be, they become self-aware, mm. you know, and, think a lot of um, techniques, even in psychotherapy and like counseling and stuff, such as um, techniques such as meditation and mindfulness are being utilized now because there's been a lot of scientific evidence of how that can actually help um, cope with anxiety and depression, things of that nature, because it changes your actual neurological chemistry. You know what I mean? But even more so is just the idea of meditation being uh, present within the moment without judgment. Because the thing is, any if someone's been through a traumatic experience, what 
doesn't seem like actual danger to me and you is not the same to someone who has experienced trauma. And understanding that trauma is not just, you know, it doesn't have to be something like a huge fucking event. It could be even just emotional neglect, right? It could be just you weren't nurtured appropriately as a child, and that could be considered as trauma. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think one of the one of the the main components is um is self awareness because I can say that, and I'm saying that from personal experience because I went through a a huge you know portion of my life where I was like I was I was depressed and I didn't even know it you know what I mean because I was numb to a lot of my feelings like I was mm-hmm. very in this neutral state of like when good things would happen I wasn't that happy when sad shit would happen I wasn't able to express my sadness and I didn't know why like you know I felt very stuck and then it was only until you know and it's weird to say but it's almost it's only until when um this kind of like relationship or situation whatever you want to call it fell through you know and um and it was very toxic and, and the thing is, like, after it fell through, I started feeling all of these feelings. And I'm like, holy fuck, like, what is this? Like, you know what I mean? I'm, and I was hurting. And, I, and a huge part of me kept trying to go back and fix things. But then but then there came a point in that where, like, the hurt was so much, I just stopped. And I'm like, okay, how do I make this go away? And then that kind of went deeper into, like, me questioning um, where a lot of my behaviors were coming from. Like, why was it that... I kept attracting certain people in my life, right? Um, I started taking responsibility of like, instead of being the victim of a situation, I started looking at it like, okay, what what did I do that may have like put me here? Like, why is it that if I if I had the opportunity to leave or let go, why didn't I do it? And then that went deeper into my childhood, and then you start to realize that a lot of the behaviors and a lot of the emotions that we feel come from things that were out of our control, but that we learned to cope with ourselves later on. So I think a, a huge component of helping young people is by one, empowering them, like having them empower themselves and get that whatever negative self-talk that they have in their head out of their mind, that doubt or whatever it is that they may have um, learned through their childhood. And two is just self-awareness. Hey, buddy, that's beautiful, man. Like, uh, I, yeah, I agree. Um, and, like, how you were saying, like, uh, how you went through, like, years of, like, being in that depressed state and kind of numb. Like, I think that's, like, almost kind of, like, a level that, like, a lot of people in our society are at all the time and they just don't know it. And this is kind of why we have a very cold society right now and why we yeah. have a society that where we can see violence on, like, um television or uh, social media all the time and just kind of you know so a lot of times we can see that shit and just kind of we're numb to it now too like we're numb to so much of our like actual feelings it sucks and like uh being addicted to our phones like makes us even more numb too so like uh, i do agree with that we do need to like we need to get self-awareness back into like our whole society and like you were saying like even if that's even the answer to like um helping like some of these young people out of like rough times like that um i agree with that completely um so um i want to get into a little bit about meditation but like uh you said psycho psychotherapy too um do you have any um experience with that so I'm not I'm not like an actual counselor or psychotherapist by any means, but um, I do like read a lot into it. Like I'm I'm a huge uh, like I love learning about this stuff too to better myself even right. Um, and psychotherapy and counseling are honestly they're like they're more or less or essentially the same thing. Psychotherapy is just more of an in depth I guess um, look at like like uncovering kind of where a lot of those behaviors and things um, stem from, right? Which I think in essence is the same idea as meditation. Meditation in hindsight to me is almost like conducting that psychotherapy on yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's just, you know, and like, um, 
So I've done a lot of, I've been in a lot of situations at work where I've done informal counseling, which is like, you don't sign up for counseling, but like, it could be simple as like, you're playing a game of basketball with a kid or like you're playing pool. And then from that, all of a sudden, like a conversation sparks and like things just open up, you know, and that could be almost like an informal counseling session, but it's just a regular conversation, but you're helping them uncover things that they may have, um, gone through or like what whatever emotions they're dealing with and helping them process through that oh and that's so healing too like uh for a kid to be able to like uh say something and have somebody listen to them like like we were talking about connection like for them to actually have a human connection have somebody listen to them and let them like get out an emotion that's like part of the healing process uh but yeah go go on with what you were saying yeah, man, I think and I think that's that's the huge piece is that sometimes it's not even about saying or doing the right thing. It's just about being like just listening, just being present and just being there and just giving someone that space to even um, open up about whatever it is that they've been fucking harboring inside, you know, and just yeah. giving them the opportunity and that safe space to just let it the fuck out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that actually, like, now that you're talking about, like, uh, psychotherapy and then uh, meditation, like, they're kind of coming at it the same way. Psychotherapy is almost from an analyzing way where you almost analyze yourself down into, like, what your roots yeah. of the problem are, while um, meditation's more of, like, uh, awareness way where you're just trying to, si- like, slowly silence the mind and slowly get rid of all the stuff that you're just uh, and like silence of mind until you get to the roots of your little like what your pain and like your trauma is like because like i've had it with meditation too where i got my mind into like a deep silence and then all of a sudden like i feel like a emotion or some sort of thing just flow through me and i can feel like maybe some anger or some like hidden like motions which like i like i kind of uh see i'd say think of that as like maybe that was like trauma releasing through me but when i come out of it i feel so much better and like yeah. the way i operate in the world like changes a little bit and then when you do that as like years and years in the practice like the way you operate in the world changes drastically like uh I, I, I like sometimes laugh when I think about like when I where I was like six seven years ago um just like the amount of anxiety I had and like how I went in and out of depression all the time and like um not even knowing it like you said not even like really understanding it because no, nobody teaches us this shit and like you're right I, I you're really right like this needs to be part of our education system because that's another part like I do really want to see like our society where we help people with mental health and like we need to really work on the whole giving everybody opportunity. I don't give a shit about the equal outcomes of like what happens when like people like whatever, right? I'm talking about equal opportunity. Like we have a ton of people like I'm like I'm blessed. I'm not sure about you, but like I've been like I fucking had parents who like uh paid me through school and fucking gave me so much opportunity and like a lot of love growing up so it's like i i i'm a i'm a privileged brown boy right here some brown privilege right here my man but like uh yeah man like that's not the case of a lot of people and like uh that's not a race thing either i've seen it with a ton of my white friends as well and like uh, we need to work on that and um i would love to see like bringing these practices into the education system because our education system's far far behind of where it should be um yeah like uh how did you get into like when did you get into meditation and like uh, maybe kind of share like uh i don't know uh, what kind of changes it might have made to you or to you over time yeah um so this is going to be another extensive answer. <laughs> Go nuts, baby. That's what this shot. Uh, <laughs> that was what the name of the show was going to be God, yay or nay of our extensive <laughs> answers. That was <laughs> uh, so, so I was actually first introduced to the idea of even meditation in like middle school. Like one of my friends um, actually brought it up to me and uh he was also like dealing with a lot of his own shit you know what i mean but he was like the first person to talk about it and like i didn't really take it seriously so i didn't really look into it much but like i said like the the dynamic in my household wasn't the greatest growing up as a kid 
And, you know, there was a lot of friction between even, um, you know, the relationship I had with my dad uh, and him kind of leaving, like, when I was at a young age. But, like, just, like, like just, uh, yeah. So, like, just, like, me being kind of the 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 kid in the family because it was myself, my dad, my mom, and my brother, and then also my uncle's uh, family at the time. So, kind of, I was always felt like I was in this position where I was never doing enough, you know, whenever there was like arguments or like things would get out of hand. And if he was being abusive, like I always felt like not so much that I was responsible, but I was responsible for, uh, in some essence, keeping the peace and learning how to do that. You know what I mean? And I think when, um, those things would happen, like I learned over time to do that in every walk of life. And, and, uh, what started to happen was like, it started to take a toll on me because a lot of it was like, I'm, I, was, I was very much so putting everything I had into friendships or relationships with other people that like um, a part of me would almost hold on to like this bitterness. Like, yo, I'm doing so much for everyone else, but like, you know, shit's not like, how come no one's there for me or whatever the case is, you know what I mean? And um, having that kind of mentality kind of stuck with me for a while and it became normalized like you said that I wasn't even conscious of it so I think at a point where that that depressive state or that numbness kind of came in was like um just accepting that that is what it is do you know what I mean like that's just how the fucking world is and I just couldn't break out of that cycle and then um you know then I started getting more into like uh the spiritual aspects of things, just not like very minor, not heavy into it. Cause my dad was actually really involved, you know, as much as he was absent out of my life, he was the first person to actually talk about God and talk about the importance of like, um, looking outside of yourself even. And then I think, um, that's what kind of motivated made motivated. That was a huge motivation for me to even get into to social work and work with young people. Cause like, I'm like, yo, I don't want other young people, feeling like this or who are maybe facing these challenges i could even um be there with them and walk through it with them you know what i mean and see how like they kind of uncover things as they go on mm. um which it maybe not like may not be the best strategy you know what i mean because you also want to be in a healthy place if you're providing that support and i'm in that i'm in a lot healthier place now but but i guess moving on from that yeah like i was kind of stuck in that mindset for a while and then um when I kind of had that, like, relationship, like I was talking about, that was kind of, like, fell through, um, I learned a lot from that, man. And I think that was a huge, pivotal moment for me, was that, uh, you know, even though it was, like, even though it was toxic and it definitely um, took a toll on me and, like, you know, going through it was, was painful, um, but I think at the end of it all, it definitely helped me face myself, and that was something I never did for a while. And then once that happened, it just instantly, like, obviously I did the whole normal fucking um, white girl rom-com scene where, like, you get drunk on a fucking weekend. Oh, she doesn't love me. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I did all of that shit, too. But, like, after all of that was done, I was just like, yo, fuck it, man. Like, I, I got to stop feeling like this. And then... And then that's when I started looking deeper into meditation and I started looking a lot deeper into like um, taking care of myself and then uh, and even like, you know, breathing and the importance of that. And then like it was almost that became my addiction to to better myself. Um, and and all of the attention that I was focusing on other people and trying to like control my environment so that like you know I, I became very good at like reading other people's emotions and what their needs were that I didn't know who the fuck I was or what I needed you know what I mean because that was my defense mechanism as a kid it's like when you grow up in a hostile environment you're always looking at what is it can I fix or what can I do to make this person feel better so they don't flip out or so they don't get angry or they don't get upset oh. so I became very yeah, so I became very good at that, that I did, couldn't even tell how I was feeling. So I think, um, and that was a lot of what happened in the, in, the, in the relationship aspect of things. Not to say that I was perfect. I definitely had my own fucking faults in it. But a lot of it was me 
trying to to look at like what can I do to help you so that you're okay so that I can make sure the the relationship's okay and it was like it was this weird fucking mentality that I felt like I had to take on everything so that like things could work out you know and then once things ended I it it shifted my perspective you know and uh, and suddenly this whole new world opened up where I'm like holy fuck that's not how the world is you know what I mean and um like I said, I dove deeper into trying to learn how to better myself. I, I, I dove deeper into the spiritual aspects of things. And um, I started meditating regularly for a while because, uh, you know, Johnny, like my boy Johnny, I do yeah. comedy with. Yeah, great. Dude. He, he started getting into it, too. And then, like, you know, he kind of put me on to the idea of it. And then I tried it out. And then um, and then, yeah, man, at first I, I didn't see the point of it. I'm like, this shit doesn't fucking work. And then, um, and then I got deeper into it. And then, uh, and then, like I said, I was still dealing with a lot of emotions. And then one day I woke up and I'm like, uh, I'm like, yo, fuck it. Like I gotta, I gotta do something. Right. And then I flew to Thailand. I bought a ticket to go to Thailand. Like that night or what do you mean? That, like that day I woke up. Cause like the thing is, I'm like, I always wanted to, um, I always wanted to travel by myself, but I never did it, right? And I was like, I was in such a low point that, not a low point at that time, but I like, I was just like, I want to fucking figure out why I feel like this. Do you know what I mean? So then I woke up and I'm like, I have nothing else to lose. So I'm like, let me just go to fucking Thailand. And then, <laughs> then and uh, I bounced. I just went there for like, not that same night, obviously, like whenever the fucking flight was, but like, I left and then um, I went there for like two weeks. I did a seven day silent meditation retreat, which was hard as fuck because That's very uh, hard if you're not like an actual practitioner yet. Yeah, man. And I wasn't, I definitely was, I was definitely a novice at it. And it was like seven days, no talking. Oh, yeah. um, you're surrounded by people, but you can't say anything. Um, you only ate twice a day. You ate at 7.30 in the morning and 11.30 in the morning. And it was like, then you don't eat for the rest of the day. And then you wake up every morning at 4.30. Um, and you slept on a fucking wooden bed. Like, there was no mattress. It was like a bench with, like, a wooden block as your pillow. <laughs> I slept uh, I slept on one of those in Thailand as well. <laughs> oh, buddy, it was fucking nuts, man. But the weird thing is, all of those things, like, all of those physical elements or whatever, didn't bother me. Like, it literally had no effect. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, um, and but the hardest part was just mentally, was just trying to, like, that like break, you know, break out of that fucking feeling and that emotion because I just, I kept feeling it. I couldn't get rid of it. And then I remember one day we were sitting down and the monk was giving like a lecture and he said something about at this point, um, you guys are probably feeling frustrated or angry. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you came here because you think you were going to get a peace of mind and you were going to be able to quiet your thoughts and you're not able to do that. Right. And he said, the point of meditation is not to achieve peace. He said, the point of meditation is to let go. And as soon as he said that is when like, I just kind of gave up. Like I gave up trying to like feel better. I gave up trying to fucking not be mad anymore. I gave up trying to figure out what was wrong and I just sat. And then that was the real, I think, pivotal moment in me seeing the effects of what meditation actually is. And then, and then like the rest of the time I spent there was great. Um, it was still challenging, but I would say I learned a lot more coming back. And then once I got back here and into the real world, I started seeing like certain situations where I would usually get angry or triggered by it didn't affect me anymore because I was able to observe what was going on in my mind. And like, even in my body was how it was reacting to it. And even with the, the, like the past relationships, like whatever feelings I held on that, like, I, I was like, even to her, right that I felt like I wasn't able to let go of. I was finally able to look at it a, a lot deeper and see like, you know, it, it it was very easy for me to blame her and, and make it feel like, oh, because you did this, this and this, this is why I feel like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like me being able to look at it and then finally um, say, you know what? Like, like there's nothing wrong with me. And, and also just the fact that like, you were just another human being who's, who, 
was dealing with shit the way you knew how, you know, and I can't be upset with you for that. So I think me being able to forgive and finally recognize that, like, you know, it, it may, it, it literally had nothing to do with me at all was, was freedom. And then after I felt that, I wanted to look at more about like, what is, um, what is behind all of this? Like the purpose of life or the purpose behind anything that we do. And I think that's kind of the stage that I'm in now. So like now when I kind of meditate, like you said, it's, it's instead of trying to unlayer myself or let go of feelings, whatever I may have harbored, it's more so of just learning to just be within that moment. Hell yeah, buddy. Dude. I like that was a beautiful story, man. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so for the like, I, I really like one thing I want this podcast to be is like to be able to like uh, teach people about meditation and hopefully yeah. deepen their practice. And like uh, one thing when you get so many different people sharing their experiences, which I've had already and hopefully have more of like, because that like, you never know, like, like you said like the monk said one thing about uh, letting go and it just triggered you so like this is what meditation is like um it doesn't matter everyone's going to do their own practices it's going to happen but like we listen to all these different stories from different people and then one one day somebody says something and it hits you and you're going like oh like holy shit like uh i get it now i fucking get it and that let go is like one thing that's crucial for meditation. So I'll tell that to like uh, the listeners who are uh, listening. <laughs> um, like honestly, like uh, you're not trying to silence your mind. You're not trying to get rid of negative emotions. Like the re- you're accepting that they're there and you accept it. That's like what meditation is. You let go and you accept whatever it is. Like whatever feeling you have, it's right. Like, whatever feeling you have, that feeling is right. If it's a bad, bad feeling, that's right. It's okay. Like, you have to accept it and let it be. And that's how you can end up, like, healing. Like, healing is, like, because, like, as soon as you're not accepting it, that's when you're, like, resisting. So, like, you're either going to run away to your whatever addiction or whatever kind of thing you'd use to mask it. Or you're going to, like... um resist it which just creates more pain or more kind of suffering or mental suffering inside you so like yeah like like you said let go or acceptance these are common phrases used in meditation like it just means to allow it to be so whatever feeling you have right now even if it's a dark one or a shitty one like it it, is what the part of like meditation is to let go and just let it be and just observe it when you observe it, that's when the magic happens. That's when the healing happens. So, Matt, yeah. dude, thank you for, like, I really thank you for sharing that story because it was beautiful. And uh, honestly, I also, in my early 20s, went to Thailand on a whim just like you did. So we're both uh, bald brown guys who went to Thailand on a whim to fucking find ourselves. So there you go. Fuck yeah, bro. Um, <laughs> is there one? I, can I just jump in for a second too, bro? Yeah. yeah. So, um. Yeah, man. And I think like a key point about the let it go aspect is that is like, it's like you, it's not just that you, that you learn to like, um, let go of whatever emotions that you're dealing with the, with at the time, but you also let go of those judgments that you have on it. Do you know what I mean? Like you see anger for anger. You don't see it as like, oh fuck, I'm angry again. It's just like, oh, this is anger. This is what happiness feels like. This is what sadness feels like. This is whatever other thoughts that come up or like this, when I have this thought, this is what happens to my mood. When I have thought, this is what I, where I feel it in my body. You know what I'm saying? So I think that was also a huge component for me was because when I used to met, like after a while, when I started seeing the effects of it, there would be times where I would get angry and I'm like, yo, why the fuck am I getting angry again? Like I'm meditating now, like trying to be peaceful, but then, but then, but then you realize like, yo, it's not the idea of like, letting go of the emotion you're still gonna get upset you're still gonna feel sad at times like that's fucking normal it's just about it's just about knowing that those emotions and those thoughts no longer have to have control over you you are the one that is in control of it and seeing it you know what i mean hell so i i think that's like the that was the most like groundbreaking aspect for me and like and like 
from doing that, you you understand a lot more where other people are coming from. You see a lot more interconnectedness in all of us because you understand where that person's frustrations or that person's emotions or those thoughts or whatever their behavior is. You start to see where that's coming from, and that's why you're not able to personalize it. You yeah. know, and that's like uh, where empathy can deepen and deepen, and that's like how uh, we talk about our like people talk about like compassion, like your empathy can deepen so much. Like I, I felt it too, especially like on ayahuasca when I done that, like I felt like, like deep, deep compassion where like you were saying, you can see other people's pain and you're like, you're like, Oh my God. Like, uh, you like, all oh, I just want to give love to everybody. Like, it's just kind of like that kind of thing. Right. And like, you can do that like without like psychedelics or any kind of stuff like that and like how you're saying with meditation when you like when you become more aware you can like actually see people and like kind of the where their suffering is coming from as well and um and you honestly like the more you meditate you approach it in more of a loving way so like like we were talking about like i would love to see that come into the education system holy shit just like and just think about it, just with young kids, simple breathing. Hey, it's uh, fucking grade two. <laughs> like, hey, guys, like, it's uh, the morning. We do our five minutes of breathing. Like, everyone's silence and breathing. And, like, there's people who've done this, like, uh, in schools many times before, like, all over the world. And kids, like, can easily sign on to this. Like, they can do it. Like, it's something they can do. So, like, I would love to see that. All right, man, we're, like, getting close, so I, uh, I got to ask you the question, baby. Uh, Jesse Singh, God yay or nay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> is this where I kind of explain what I think my thoughts are? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how the show's been going right now, yeah. <laughs> Look, um, yeah, man, yes, uh, I was, uh, but, like, my idea of what I what I believe God is is not just it's not like this I it's not like the religious standpoint of things. You know what I mean? I don't think it's like this actual um, being or whatever the case is. But I feel like all religions have a fundamental truth, and that's what I think God is like the fundamental truth of it all, which is like, in my opinion, like pure consciousness. So like the consciousness that flows through every living being or thing uh on this earth you know what i mean the thing that kind of the thing that was like that sparked the creation and all of this you know and i think that's a living breathing energy within everyone and that's why i say we're kind of all interconnected like us the earth animals all of those things is because god is like this living force that um projected and projected itself into all of these things and created all of it you know mm -hmm. and then i think that's the whole like aspect behind like not seeing things as good or bad but just seeing them for as they are you know because it's all in some way shape or form even though we can't recognize it or see it yet it's there's a complete balance to all of it hell yeah and like not seeing things as good and bad like that's also like kind of a meditation thing too like because yeah. when you see something as a good or bad like all of a sudden you're putting a label on it and that's just a mental construction and when yeah. you like yeah the more you meditate you'll like the more you learn that uh like life is just way more complex than that and those labels just don't really apply so nah man that's beautiful uh all right, my man, anything else you want to say before we end this stuff? <laughs> uh, nah, man, just thank you again, bro, for having me on this. This is beautiful, man. Oh, thank you, buddy. Uh, so, uh, you, okay, you uh, share a lot of really beautiful stories on Instagram, so I want you to tell, uh, uh, yeah, tell people about that. And anything else you want to promote, uh, tell people uh, where, you, where they can find you. Fuck yeah. Uh, you could check me out on... Um, on uh instagram at where's jesse's dad um and there's like there's a uh, little clips like Nora was talking about there's little clips i put up on there um the link to my uh dumb woke podcast where i kind of talk about my thailand experience um 
things like things that I'm also learning as I'm going through this journey of like life or whatever the case is. You can check that out on YouTube. The link is actually in my bio when you follow me on Instagram. And um, I usually try to post videos on there uh, as well on like different topics, um, you know, such as the ones that we've talked about today. Um, and yeah, man, just like to hit me up. Even if you just want to talk or have questions, like I'm always open to that too. Hi, hi, hi. you're a fucking awesome dude, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. Hey, everybody, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I appreciate the support. The best way you can uh, support this podcast is by going on to Apple or iTunes and rating this podcast. Um, If you give it a good rating and leave a nice comment, honestly, that's the best way to do it. Uh, Please check me out on Instagram or uh, YouTube under Newer Kidwai. I'm constantly going to be sharing clips of this podcast and also uh, telling you when new episodes are out and sharing a little bit of my comedy. So thank you so much uh, and uh, tune in to another episode next time on God, yay or nay.